Hi, this is Philip Wurter. And Bernard Zimmermann. Welcome to our podcast series, Virtual Leadership Development, How to Master the New Normal. And a warm welcome from my side as well. In the series, we cover a range of topics that all have an influence or impact on leadership development and all its applications in a virtual context. In our last episode, we started talking about connectivity, making the suggestion that to give people an exercise before a workshop or meeting and help them prepare for the session, that this would also be a way to ensure that participants are able to work with the software and are also able to connect properly to the platform that you have chosen for that session. Yes, and it's also an opportunity to identify any potential issues they may have with bandwidth. Do they actually have sufficient bandwidth available at the place they are connecting from? Going back to connectivity, giving them an exercise before also helps you to identify whether they can actually connect properly to the platform mm -hmm. you want to use and identified also issues around bandwidth. Is sufficient bandwidth available? Even in company offices, we've noticed people have a strong connection, but then everybody in the office building is working on something or heavily loading uh, the internet connection, then the network goes down and you lose a lot of bandwidth. So you need to check which locations people coming from, what time they're actually, you want to run the workshop, they are in, if they're in different time zones, that you know what's possible or what to deal with mm -hmm. if something comes up. And in the same way, when we talk about bandwidth, there is a relation that whether you connect through the ethernet or you have, as you said, in your example, LAN or Wi-Fi, uh, that you, you know how it works. The recommendation is always, whenever possible, go on a LAN connection. At least there's no technical issue coming from the router that you actually go for the best possible technical connection in that setting. And the other part is also mobile. Because we're no longer just in the office, we have mobile working patterns for people. And there's a lot of variability you need to take care of when you plan your workshop. And Bernard, I think what's important is you need to be able to switch between any of these, because something can always go wrong. Mm. You know, just take myself. I have a great internet connection. And normally why, my Wi-Fi is great and normally my ethernet is great. But sometimes I have to switch to mobile when I'm doing an, a coaching session because just in that minute, there was something happening on the connection and my connection was crazy. Mm. We have lots of opportunities to solve technological issues today. Yes, But if you don't know what's possible and what the alternatives are, you won't have a plan B or a plan C. One tip we have also, when your bandwidth is low, a lot of people say, okay, let's switch off video and then go only on audio. We would go actually in a different way. So leave the video on, but connect your voice via dial-in functionalities. Mm -hmm. Most of the applications have that. Whether you dial in via a mobile phone, or landline, that's a much better audio connection. And audio has to be at the best quality. That's the key thing. So always think about if there's an issue on connectivity, split voice from video and be able to tell your participants how that works. 
I would go further than that. It's not just knowing that you can do that. It's also exactly how it needs to be done so that everything works. Because if people just dial in a general number, they may get into the call or into the meeting, but their video and their audio would be split, Hmm. which means that now if you shoot people into breakout rooms, it's going to be much more complicated because which video belongs to which voice. If you use Zoom, for instance, there is a very specific number you phone and then automatically your video and your audio are linked again so that Mm -hmm. when you shoot people to breakout rooms, it all works. Yes. So what I'm trying to say is the better prepared you are for the potential problems that can happen, the better you can help people. And that will make your life in the workshop a lot easier. This example is from my own personal stupidity. I didn't prepare. Mm. Now let's look into devices. Any you can think of, computing equipment, video equipment, audio equipment, lighting, and we speak about other elements. You need to know what your device is capable of and what you need for the process you want to create, the dynamic you want to create. So how powerful is your computing equipment? Do you use a laptop? Do you use a desktop? Do you use a tablet for for something? And then you need to say, okay, what capability do I actually have available on the device? Because taking the example of Zoom, it works slightly different on a tablet or an iPad compared to a desktop. And you need to know that. You need to know that for yourself, but you need to know that for the participants as well. I would add to this, you need to know this not just for yourself, but you also need to give people information for their own preparation. You should always know more than they do. Mm. You should always be more proficient than they are, whether it's the device, whether it's the software application, but also in the preparation, in helping them prepare for the meeting. If you prepared for the meeting and you know exactly how to use the software and they don't, it's not going to work. So Mm. have suggestions available so that people know exactly how they can use their equipment best, how they can use their software best. And we keep talking about connection. And the one thing that I'm tired of seeing is I'm tired of seeing people's chins in Zoom meetings. Mm. You would have thought that we've all been in enough virtual meetings that people by now realize I need to put something underneath my laptop to elevate it so that I can be at eye height with everyone else. Yes. If you don't give your participants the suggestion to do that or the suggestion that they need to light themselves properly, these are small things, but they really affect the outcome of our meetings. And beyond the light is the video quality. That's very closely connected. How much light you need, what kind of video equipment you use. Do you use a a small angle, a wide angle webcam? Do you use something where you can zoom in and out and make clear what distance you actually Mm -hmm. appear to your participants? You also need to consider what microphone you want to use. Do you want to sit there with a headset or not? Do you actually want to avoid the headset? And what type of microphone you use when you're working on your desktop? A desk microphone? How does that work for you? What quality you need to have for the outcome you want to create or the experience you want to create for the participants? Exactly. And again, 
you need to give that information to your participants as well. Make them aware of if the devices that they use cause feedback, please use a headset so that mm. you don't have, I'm lucky with my desktop, I don't have a, a feedback problem. I don't think I've ever been in a virtual meeting where somebody didn't have a feedback problem. So prepare yourself, but prepare your participants as well. Let's bring a few other elements in that are important in the context of devices. One element is also the second screen you and I, we're using now, Philip. You mentioned that in your example that you want to see the participants. So you have one screen where you have all the video panels and the second screen where you have your screen share. It could be the, the screen share for the whiteboard. It could be the screen share for the slides, but have a second screen. Then you are in a much better position to connect with the participant and see what's going on. At the end of the day, when you do only have one screen and you do screen share, you get only a few panels or you don't see what you share and you need to avoid that. You want to have as best as a connection as possible with your participants through the video panels as well. Absolutely. Whether you do this on your own, whether you work with a producer, depending on how complicated your workshop or your meeting is, practice it. Mm. Find a friend, a colleague, and run it and practice it so that you are aware of what can you do on a second screen? Is it going to work for you? And if you do that, what information are you going to push through which device? And the other thing that I also want to bring in is your connection is paramount to your participants. If you're not sure how to do that, go onto YouTube. Depending on the platform that you use, there are many short tutorials that will help you understand how you can improve and do this better. Yes. And one thing that you mentioned, Bernard, but I just want to add in here is lighting. Ask people to have proper lighting. And if they participate in a workshop and they don't have proper lighting, give them feedback afterwards. Yes. After the past year of seeing people backlit in shadow without being able to see their faces, I'm really tired of that. It's really difficult to get the energy going in a meeting if that's what you're confronted with. Absolutely. A couple of parts still on the devices when you think about the video connection. What do you do with your background? How do you work with that? How do you choose the background? What impression do you want to give? I always say, now a picture of a person sitting in front of a white wall in comparison sitting in front of a picture that shows a room kind of gives a, a space impression, or you actually have a space behind you you want to show to your participants. I have to smile because as you were talking, my mind was going through some of the stuff that I've seen. You know, a few things. If you have washing on the line, yeah, make sure that it's not in screen. In general, keep it as simple and as clean as possible. And if you have books, please keep it authentic. I've seen some very let's say, even well-known people have books behind them displayed in a way that it's, oh, look, this is what I'm reading. Mm. It's not yes. authentic. Keep it authentic. Yes. Because at the end of the day, it's not what happens behind you. It's about who you are and how you are. That's yeah. what's important. And the moment the background starts distracting, you need to do something about it. Yes. That's a key point. The background should not distract from what you want to create, the dynamic, the flow, and the experience. 
Yes, you touched already a bit on it in terms of the compatibility of the devices with different software platforms and browsers. Mm -hmm. You need to test that. You need to run through that and also understand what possible challenges your participants may face. We talked about the tech check, so that's important. And understand that Safari works differently from Google Chrome. It works differently from Edge, etc. And Zoom works differently between the browser and the app that you install on your computers. There are different functionalities that may not be available to participants. And if you, if you discover that too late, you wish you had discovered it beforehand. So it's preparation, preparation, preparation. Yes. So in our next episode, we continue our discussion how to manage the tech and focus on software applications. To help you reflect for this session, we have the following question. If you think about the last time you had a challenge or an app issue during a meeting, how much of that could have been prevented or avoided if you had been more experienced in the specific application? That's it for me. Thank you, everyone. And a big thank you from me as well. But finally, before we go, if you would like to connect with us or share your insights and feedback, please feel free to do so either on linkedin.com, Bernard Zimmerman, contact, that is C-O-N hyphen T-A-C-T, or Philip Wurter. We're both based in Germany. Or connect via email at philip at buerta.net or bernard.zimmermann at contactinternational.com. That is c-o-n hyphen t-a-c-t hyphen international.com. We look forward to connecting in our next episode. Thank you and goodbye.